0: Okay, welcome aboard to the Counter Vortex with your ranter, Bill Weinberg, ranting at you in the wee hours of Saturday, July 17th from my apartment on New York's Lower East Side. And we're going to be discussing, rather inevitably, the recent protests in Cuba, which broke out uh, exactly a week ago, six days ago, actually, last Sunday, July 11th. It's been uh, a little challenging trying to um, get news about what's happening on the island since then, so I'm not sure if the protests have continued, but on that day, at least, there were protests clear across the island, from Pinar del Rio in the west to Santiago in the east. Rather unprecedented. The protests seem to have begun spontaneously, started in a... uh, a town outside Havana called San Antonio de los Banos, in response to economic agony, in particular, long electricity outages, which the town, like many towns in Cuba, had been suffering. At least one person was killed under circumstances which are not entirely clear at a community called Guinera in Arroyo Naranja municipality within the province of Havana. Amnesty International believes that there have been hundreds of arrests, many of them arbitrary, and of course, uh, like all dictatorships everywhere, when faced with such circumstances, a, uh, an internet blackout has been imposed. Although, interestingly, it's not a, a total blackout, such as we've seen in uh, all too many countries around the world in recent years, but a, uh, a blocking of all social media sites, It seems that, by and large, after that first day, July 11th, the protesters backed off in the face of a massive showing by the security forces and by pro-regime counter-protesters who were mobilized at the exhortation of President Miguel Diaz-Canel. And inevitably, I'm going to have to be critiquing much of the Response of the uh, you know progressive forces here in the United States, which have been uh, to varying degrees abetting the repression in Cuba, beginning with the you know widespread portrayal of these uh, you know pro regime mobs which were unleashed by the president as uh, you know uh, you know glorifying this as a uh, a show of support for the regime <clears throat> So much of the response from progressives in the United States has been to use the Cuban protests as an occasion to ignore what the protesters are saying and instead to interpose our own voices, or worse, to actively rally around the regime that they are protesting. Now, I want to make clear that just as I oppose rallying uncritically around the regime. I don't think that we should be rallying uncritically around the leadership of the protest movement in as much as there is a leadership. And we are within our rights and indeed within our responsibilities to, uh, you know, find elements within the protesters. Who are the natural allies of progressives in the U.S.? Those who oppose the U.S. embargo on Cuba, and those who oppose the inevitable attempts by U.S. imperialism to exploit and co-opt the protests. And I particularly think some skepticism is warranted about what appears to be the self-appointed leadership in Miami, which has been speaking on behalf of the protesters from outside Cuba, and some of whom seem to have very problematic politics. But there's a context for their problematic politics. that needs to be understood, and we should not exploit such figures to paint the entire protest movement in um, proverbial, broad-brush strokes. One uh, figure who's been extremely visible on social media here in the United States is uh, the prominent dissident Eliezer Avila, of the opposition group Somos Mas, We Are More, who was engaged in uh, dissident activities in Cuba a few years back, but has now been uh, live-blogging the protests from Miami. And he garnered some uh, controversy last year for his extremely provocative <clears throat> pro-Trump rallies in the Miami area. And just this June 27th, in Coral Gables, he led a counter-protest when a Cuban-American activist by the name of Carlos Lazo of the group Puentes de Amor, Bridges of Love, held a demonstration against the embargo. All right, so uh, this Eliezer Avila guy supports Trump, supports the embargo. Not very happy about that. I would like to know more about Puentes de Amor, a group which has been of of Cuban Americans who have been protesting the embargo. Uh, On their website, there is not any uh, reference whatsoever to the current protests. I'd be very interested to know what their stance on them is. But now, actually trying to uh, glean what we can about what's going on within the protester ranks in Cuba and their composition. Well, clearly, they are not all, you know, thusly indoctrinated by uh, the politics of the gringo right and haven't been lured into enemy of my enemy thinking. A publication called Left Voice reports quite hearteningly the government of Miguel Diaz-Canel is attacking critical communists, quote unquote, whose aim is to defend the gains of the Cuban Revolution. Among the arrested in Cuba is Frank Garcia Hernandez, a Marxist sociologist and historian, and a member of the Communistas blog collective. He was arrested along with Marco Antonio Perez Fernandez, a high school student, who had been arrested earlier on April 30th for carrying a sign that read, Socialism, yes. Repression, no. Also detained was Michael González-Vivero, director of the LGTBQ community publication Tremenda Nota, as well as Mel Herrera, a trans activist. All of these detainees identify as socialists. The whereabouts of Perez and Herrera are unknown. The Comunistas blog published a demand for the freedom of the detainees in Cuba. So, uh, big ups to um, Left Voice for giving voice to these left dissidents in Cuba. You can check them out online at leftvoice.org. And uh, the Comunistas blog, which I assume is actually maintained from within Cuba, the so-called critical communists, is at comunistascuba.org .org Okay, I am still waiting to hear from my friends in Cuba, who I visited with when I was there two years ago, who are on Facebook occasionally. Access seems to be sporadic. Disconcertingly, I have not heard from them since the recent protests, but I'm talking uh, specifically about the uh, the guys who were behind the uh, recently opened Anarchist Info Shop in Havana called ABRA, which means open, Centro Social y Biblioteca Libertaria, Social Center and Libertarian Library. And I should emphasize here that we are talking about left libertarians. That is to say, anti-authoritarian socialists. Emphatically, not Free market capitalists. Just to clear up any confusion about that, the folks at Abra overlap with the folks who, back in uh, May of 2019, attempted to hold Havana's first independent gay march. After an officially sanctioned gay march was uh, seemingly arbitrarily canceled by the authorities, they tried to go ahead and uh, do it anyway, and you know were out there uh, with their rainbow flags in the streets of Havana and were uh, shortly dispersed by the police with several arrested. That was back in May of 2019. So uh, I'm waiting to hear from them. Hope they're okay, and I'd like to know what their uh, role has been in the protest and what their perspectives on the movement are. Also waiting to hear from the San Isidro Movement, which is a uh, collective of Cuban artists who uh, <clears throat> formed as a uh, an activist organization in uh, 2018 in response to uh, the controversial censorship legislation known as Decree 349 that has seen many artists targeted and shut down by the government, particularly one who has been uh, repeatedly arrested for taking part in anti-censorship protests. Guy by the name of Luis Manuel Otero Alcantara, was uh, most recently arrested, to the best of my knowledge, in March of last year while on his way to uh, a kiss in organized by members of the LGBT community in protest of the censorship of a gay kiss scene in the 2018 film Love, Simon that was broadcast by the Cuban Institute of Radio and Television. And, uh, you know, that's particularly ironic in light of the fact that, you know, I mean, Cuba has sort of been selling itself as a a gay tourist paradise. (laughs) And, you know, things have come a long way in Cuba from the 1960s when, you know, gays were detained in camps. I mean, there's been genuine progress on that front without a doubt. And yet, a gay kiss in an American romantic comedy is, uh, is censored by the authorities there? Seems rather stuffy of them. And I just want to read something which has been posted on Facebook by supporters of the, the Cuban protest concerning Luis Manuel Otero Alcantara. There's a photo of him, quite clearly an Afro-Cuban, and the text reads, This is... Luis Manuel Otero Alcántara, an Afro-Cuban artist and leader of the San Isidro movement. The movement was formed as a response to the government imposing a law that artists had to ask for permission before public and private artistic exhibitions. This man has been jailed and beaten multiple times for peacefully protesting. When leaders of the Black Lives Matter movement Post such an ignorant and tone-deaf defense of the Cuban regime, they're supporting a regime that jails, tortures, and even kills black Cubans, like Luis Manuel. Do Cuban black lives not matter? You can't claim to be for liberation and then de facto side with a regime that oppresses black people in Cuba. Remember his name, Luis Manuel Otero Alcantara. I hope they don't kill him because we have enough martyrs. Viva Cuba Libre. Now, the statement in question by Black Lives Matter was not the worst. I'm going to get to the worst later. <laughs> but uh, it's mostly using the Cuban protest as an occasion to speak out against the U.S. embargo rather than actually listening to the protesters and what they have to say. And there isn't a word of solidarity with the protesters who are now facing repression and quite likely human rights abuses. But it does contain the following text in support of the regime, quote, Cuba has historically demonstrated solidarity with oppressed peoples of African descent from protecting black revolutionaries like Asada Shakur through granting her asylum to supporting black liberation struggles in Angola, Mozambique, Guinea-Bissau, and South Africa. End quote. Yeah, sure, but that doesn't mean that the protesters don't have legitimate grievances. And I'm also going to be my cynical self and point out that in the case of Ethiopia and Cuban support for the Mengistu dictatorship in the 1980s, Cuba was backing a regime that was committing genocide against black African peoples, such as the Tigrayans, a legacy which obviously is coming back to haunt Ethiopia today. If Cuba was on the right side in Igola and Mozambique, it was flatly on the wrong side in Ethiopia. Things are complicated in the real world. Sorry. All right, but now we're going to talk about um, <clears throat> things I've witnessed which were far worse than that Black Lives Matter statement, which is... Uh, yeah, maybe a little tone deaf, but comparatively innocent, I'm going to talk about a uh, a rally I attended here at Union Square in New York City on Thursday, July 15th. Uh, Let me emphasize here that I was attending as an observer, not as a participant, entitled, Hands Off Cuba! Now, right away That's problematic. Right from the top, that's problematic. Hands off Cuba. Now, I don't have a problem with the principle of United States hands off Cuba. I uphold it 100%. But this rally was not called in response to any war moves by the United States. This rally was called in response to protesters taking in the streets in Cuba. So, are you telling the Cubans hands off Cuba? Are you portraying the Cuban protesters as entirely, uh, you know, CIA astroturf? Because there's no reason to believe that. Zero. And this is what I mean by abetting repression through our words and actions. I'm just going to point out a couple of examples. Okay, I'm going to mention three speakers at this rally up at Union Square. One from the CPUSA, the Communist Party USA, which, you know, I really sort of wanted to believe was getting better in <laughs> its, you know, post-Cold War reassessment of reality, but, uh, man, this was some serious backsliding. This hack from the CPUSA was actually railing against free elections and saying, quote-unquote, free elections are what got us Donald Trump. You damn fool! What got us Donald Trump is the fact that the elections here in the United States were insufficiently free. The damn electoral college and Russian interference and voter suppression is what got us Donald Trump. Not free elections, you damn fool! I mean, of all the stupid, self-defeating, deluded, privileged rhetoric To be dissing free elections as even a concept? Now, you know, let me make clear. In my heart of hearts, I'm an anarchist. And I do see, you know, the spectacle of the presidential race every four years in this country. And, you know, the structures of bourgeois democracy generally as something of a farce. But my problem with them is not that they're too democratic or too free. My problem with them is that they're insufficiently democratic. And while I would love to see a more decentralized, participatory, organic, you know, form of democracy, you know, a radical democracy, if you will, I still see, you know, free elections better than unfree elections. Thank you very goddamn much. And I'll point out that in Cuba, not only is it constitutionally a one-party state, but the president is not elected by popular vote at all. The president is elected by the members of the National Assembly. Okay, then there was a uh, less egregious speaker from the group IFCO, Pastors for Peace, Interreligious Foundation for Community Organization, IFCO, slash Pastors for Peace, which has been, you know, organizing these um, so-called friendship caravans to Cuba to defy the embargo. Work I support, but nonetheless, this speaker from IFCO said, and this is a rather weaselly construction, quote, what's going on now is an extension of U.S. interference, unquote. Now, What's particularly slippery about it is that, you know, that vague construction, what's going on now, is clearly a reference to the protesters, but it doesn't actually mention the protesters. So it's an insinuation rather than an outright clear accusation. So there's this, uh, you know, deniability factor, which is at work here. But the insinuation is pretty sinister, because in fact, no, there is not any reason to believe that the protests are an extension of U.S. interference. Now, there's plenty of reason to believe that the U.S. will attempt to, again, exploit and co-opt them. That's inevitable. But there is no reason to believe that they were uh, created or fomented by the United States. and And by portraying them as such, you are once again... Abetting repression. But worst of all, of course, was uh, the speaker from what is by far the most reactionary of all of the leftist alphabet soup factions out there, the so called Party for Socialism and Liberation, PSL, an extremely ironic name. This is the group which, you know, rallies uncritically around the most oppressive regimes on the planet such as the fascistic and genocidal dictatorship of Bashar Assad, Party for Socialism and Liberation, my sweet patootie, I call them the Party for Fascism and Dictatorship. And this hack from the PSL said, directly and flatly, at this protest up at Union Square, that the protests in Cuba are, quote, directly galvanized by the CIA, unquote. Absolutely disgraceful. So, all of you, CPUSA, IFCO Pastors for Peace, and especially the damn PSL, you know, I put it to you, when Cubans finally reach the point of desperation, that they find it within themselves to take to the streets in defiance of the dictatorship, at obvious great risk to their lives and liberty, this is all you can think To say? Really? And I also want to point out that you're being more Catholic than your own Pope, (laughs) so to speak, because uh, Cuban President Miguel Díaz-Canel himself said, when he went on TV in the aftermath of the protest, We have to make a critical analysis of our own problems so we can act, so we can overcome and prevent from repeating ourselves, so we can transform situations. End quote and announced that his government is going to temporarily lift its own restrictions on travelers bringing in food and medicine. So, you know, I'm just going to sum up here and say that, uh, you know, the more progressive forces in the U.S. rally around the Cuban regime, the more that the Cuban protesters will perceive that their allies in the U.S. are on the right. And you are helping to create precisely the scenario that you've been warning against of the protesters being in the pocket of the CIA. You're playing right into the hands of your enemy by completely betraying the protesters like this. Now, the threat of U.S. imperialism, attempting to exploit and co-opt the protests... Is something that definitely needs to be taken into our accounting. But making that our only concern to the point of not actually listening to the protesters is seriously problematic and counterproductive. And taking the outbreak of protests in Cuba as an opportunity to engage in displays of uncritical cheerleading for the regime that they are protesting, is even worse. And succumbing to the knee-jerk response of dissing the protesters as CIA astroturf is worse still. So, uh, the American left very, very badly needs to completely rethink its entire approach to the question of Cuba. I'm going to be watching events there very closely. I'm still waiting to hear from my friends there. And as soon as I get information... I'm going to be writing it up for my website, countervortex.org. Watch that spot. This has been Bill Weinberg with the Counter Vortex. Check us out online at countervortex.org. Please support us on Patreon. We have 25 Patreon supporters now. It would be great to get 26. Join the Counter Vortex. Join the Resistance and rant on you next time.